with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 216th program of Think Again, broadcasting from 3CR Studio on Wurundjeri Country. Think Again is a program of Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation that's been working for social change for over 25 years. I'm Jennifer Burrell. I'm your host today, with Shark having another week off. I think he's mountain climbing somewhere, um, enjoying some mountain tops, mm. I'm sure. <laughs> But um, we are very fortunate to have Troy McDonald with us in the studio. Troy is a director of, on the First People's Assembly of Victoria, sometimes called FPAV, I think. <laughs> First People's Assembly of Victoria. And he's going to tell us a bit about what that means and what the Assembly is doing. And I must say it is especially seems to be especially relevant today as I'm reading in the papers that some Aboriginal leaders who have been making publicly making the no case have actually switched to advocating for yes to the upcoming referendum for a voice to parliament at a national level and they are basing that on the good work being done in Victoria uh, by the First People's Assembly of Victoria. So it is very relevant today and so thank you so much and welcome to the program, Troy MacDonald. Yeah, um, pleasure to be here. I've uh, been in the 3CR uh, studios before, so um, thanks for the welcome. I feel really quite comfortable. And, uh, yeah, I, I did have a quick um, glance of that article in today's age. And, uh, you know, it's always a, a good thing when people have the opportunity to think through their how they're going to posture their decisions uh, on important issues so that 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 that's, was a really interesting story mm, thank you and our program is called think again too and so that's what we're really interested in is that people are informed and have a chance to think through what some of the issues are and cut through some of the confusion maybe yeah right you know that the process today um you know i, I don't want to be too adversarial in, in my approach ar around um, the yes or no conversation, but uh, I, I think I think um, a, as a, a critical observer of things, um, I, I'm surprised around how the, the no campaign's being crafted and some of the scaremongering that sits behind it. Yeah. Um, so, and, and of course, the idea of this program is we do have the good story, so we don't need to dwell <laughs> um, more, more than necessary on that. No, I, you're right, Jennifer, and I, I, think, I think that well, what I want to do today is contribute to a positive dialogue mm -hmm. um, and just to express um, sort of the way I see things in the First Peoples Assembly, Victoria, see things. So it's a real privilege to have you here. Thanks again. So I guess firstly, um, Troy, before we go any further, do, can you just tell listeners a bit about your own background? Yeah, um, 
happy to do that. Um, look, I grew up in La Trobe Valley. Um, my early years were um, um, around here in, in Melbourne. I've sort of spent my first years, uh, formidable childhood years around um, growing up in 17 Kent Street, Fitzroy, just oh, yeah. down the road near the Rainbow Hotel. Um, we family moved out of there and uh, a few years later we moved to La Trobe Valley. But over that trajectory, um, sort of worked in the, the power, power generation in industry mm-hmm. down in, in the, uh, the dirty coal mines of the Latrobe Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a um, sort of proud to say that I've had a pretty positive military um, career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's took me to some really diverse places. And, um, you know, uh, the rec- last few 20 years of my life, um, you know, I've been working in I guess policy within the Department of Health and Human Services, Emergency Recovery Victoria, um, and uh, with the Department of Justice and, and Community Safety through Emergency Management Branch. So, I've, I've had, did have a passion for um, supporting communities post disaster events, and I'm no longer doing that now. I'm pretty much full time with the First Peoples Assembly Victoria. Mm-hmm. And your Aboriginal background? Yeah. Look, um, through um, there, there's two sides to my story. Um, my family story. There's uh, the Gunai story uh, of Gippsland, and there's the Guntich Jamara story, uh, where where um, where my um, grandparents, well, my grandmother, um, came into Melbourne from Lake Condomission mm-hmm. um, in in the forties and settled here in 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 and around inner Melbourne, just around a corner from here. Oh wow! Like yeah. so many others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. So. To go to the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria, uh, why do we need a body like the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria in the first place anyway? And and perhaps you could explain a bit uh, how it works. Look, I think it's fair to say um, we we stood up as a, as a democratically elected um, body in 2019. And uh, what I... Um, experienced with that is hey we were sort of building a ship sort of while we're at sea we didn't Mm. really understand where we were going as a group we 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 all was a bunch of people that came together um with different ideas different mindsets um to to build what we call the at the time the treaty elements there's a number of, of pillars associated with with um that we had to get into place prior to treaty making occurring. So we mm. spent three years building what we call the treaty elements, and I'll go to a little bit more about that 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 shortly. And when you say we, who do you mean by we? Well, when I talk about we, um, the First Peoples Assembly Victoria is a, I think it's fair to say, um, and it's a respectful thing to say, is we are pretty much the only democratic um, elected Aboriginal political body in Australia mm. um, has 30, 30, 31 members, um, and I'm one of those members. And I, we, when 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 the Treaty Commission stood up um, the First Peoples Assembly or put put forward the model, um, traditional owners that held held either native title, traditional owner settlement uh, with with the state or registered Aboriginal party status, had um, what they call reserve seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the Gunai Kurnai reserve seat holder, but 
in that process, I still had to go through an elected, um, um, a community based or a membership based election process to get on the get on the First Peoples Assembly mm. Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't speak for any other traditional owner group and how they conduct their business, but that's it, what what happened uh, with my situation. Okay, yeah. So, why why do you think we needed a First Peoples Assembly in the uh, of Victoria in the first place? Like, why was there seen to be a need for it to come into being? Even look, I think. I think there's been a pretty consistent narrative for a long time around um, we do get better outcomes when Aboriginal people have a say over the programs and policies that affect us. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we're seeing this in Victoria on, on our journey to, to, to the voice, mm-hmm. right? treaty and truth, which are three pillars that make up um, the work that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Here in Victoria, mm-hmm. uh, and and that sort of sits aside from what's happening at the uh, at the Commonwealth level around um, the voice debate or discussion. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we're we're really well advanced in terms of what we're trying to achieve. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, I think you was your um, there's representation from Aboriginal groups all around Victoria and that they have their own ways of deciding who should represent them on this 31-member body, which is the <coughs> First Peoples Assembly of Victoria. Yeah, look, there's two tiers. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you've got the traditional owners that have reserved seats and they've got uh, each one of those traditional owner uh, groups or registered Aboriginal parties have their own mechanisms um, or self-determining mechanisms to... Um, Place a place their representative on the First Peoples Assembly, and they don't normally, um, under the the current process, they don't have to go through a a, a normal voting, uh, democratic um, election process like the uh, the the other uh, members. So, each region across Victoria has four, uh, at least four members that represents. A region, mm-hmm. right? In our case, in Gippsland, in the southeast, mm-hmm. we've got um, four members. I'm the one um, as the reserve mm-hmm. seat, and I've got we've got um, um, friends and colleagues, uh, Peter Hood, Alice Ann Pepper, and uh, Brian Stevens, uh, who represent Gippsland, and they were elected um, through through a um, normal democratic electoral process mm-hmm. um, back in June. I think we had it, mm. you know, June or July. Yeah. Mm, okay. So we might go to a break now with some music. I've got, I think, appropriately Treaty by Yothu Yindi. So I'll play that um, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes. All right. No worries.
to Think Again 3CR 855 AM on your dial, 3CR digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. I'm Jennifer Burrell, your host today, and I'm speaking with Troy MacDonald, who is a director on the First People's Assembly of Victoria, which is like a voice to Parliament at a state level. <laughs> um, and he's got other, a lot of other roles too, of course. So, Troy, um, continuing from before the break, can you tell us a bit more about what the First People's Assembly of Victoria has been doing? And I'm particularly interested in how it's leading processes of truth-telling and treaty and and involving Aboriginal people across Victoria in the process. Yeah, look, I'm happy to touch on those uh, elements, Jennifer. Um, Look, just um, a bit of a timeline. I think uh, it's worth... um, sharing with your listeners that the Victorian government committed to treaties in uh, Victoria in 2016 Mm. um, and community set up um, a whole bunch of yarns around the state um, um, on treaty and what it might look like um, before we had any any of the current architecture in place or, um, um, you know, we've come a long way in the last three years. Um, And so, so... the consultation um, that happened before the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria uh, was stood up um, happened um, across the state with the treaty, um, um, the Advancing Treaty Working Group. So that that was a process that went for a couple of years, mm-hmm. all right, uh, before we got here. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, the first treaty laws in the country um, were passed in the Victorian Parliament. You know, the the Victorian Treaty Advancement C- Commission. Um, which was head up by um, Aunty Jill Gallagher, um, uh, went about designing a bit of a process, well, not a bit of a process, quite a substantive process to, to build uh, what we have now, um, to build and more or less, look, they laid the foundations mm-hmm. and we've built on those foundations. With the, the, that's the First People's Assembly. So there was lot, lots, of, um, lots of preliminary work mm-hmm. and hard work that was... Um, um, done and supported before the first people was stood up in uh, back in 2019. Mm. Um, we had our first elections in 2019, um, and and what we a part of that uh, the next three years after uh, in 
three years, we went about on laying the, the key foundations for treaty making of Victoria. So we couldn't we couldn't actually pursue treaties either at the local or state level unless we have a whole bunch of things in place um, prior to that, and that's things like the, the treaty negotiation framework. Um, so they're the rules around um, how we're going to negotiate treaties. Um, this standing up of what we um, call a treaty authority. Um, that was a, a really large body, body of work, and a lot of our um, operational staff in the First Peoples Assembly, Victoria, um, and, and some really um, and, and really insightful and clever colleagues of mine, elected members, um, uh, worked with the operational staff to pull together what we call a treaty authority, mm-hmm. which will be an independent umpire um, that will assess. Um, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but I'll, I'll use it. Assess um, treaties, um, um, assess the treaty making process uh, mm-hmm. f- in the future. And the third pillar was uh, really the stand up, uh, what we call a self determination fund to help traditional owner groups enter negotiations um, so that they've got a level playing field uh, when they want to engage uh, government mm-hmm. uh, around treaty making. Yeah, so um, I understand um, there's a treaty level at the state level as a whole, but also there's treaty negotiations from different groups of Aboriginal people around the state. Is that right? Yeah, but um, the, the, the important point here is um, there will be a, a process to negotiate statewide treaties, and there's mm-hmm. a couple of things that, that are happening in the background mm. um, that may inform that or should inform uh, statewide treaty making. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, some of the outcomes from the, the Uruk Justice Commission. Mm-hmm. They've just handed down one of their, their reports and there's really um, strong strong recommendations around social justice reform, child protection reform within that within that report. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't got it in front of me, but um, um, so I won't talk to, to, too much about that. But we're thinking potentially that some of the recommendations within that report may be some of the foundations that um, could inform statewide treaties. Yeah. Well, that's actually interesting you raise that because, of course, the other thing that the First People's Assembly of Victoria has brought in is the truth-telling process. Yeah. um, Look, this um, this was pretty much the first call of business at our first ever chamber meeting and it was led by a a colleague of ours um, put the motion, a member led motion is what we called it, uh, uh, Jason Kelly um, put that forward and uh, it was overwhelmingly supported Mm -hmm. um, right right at the beginning. So it was seen as important by everyone. Oh absolutely yeah Yeah. I I guess I guess the, the, the scope of that that commission or that truth telling commission is pretty really broad, and uh, they're they're about to enter into a, um, a, a a new phase around around that around land justice, and mm-hmm. uh, so so conversations will be happening across the state uh, with them. But but it's it's you know it's it, there's a whole body within the Uruk. Um, uh, Truth Telling Commission, that probably um, a better posture to tell that story than than me. Yeah. We, we had a really significant role in standing it up, mm-hmm. of, of course. But we, 
um, we're, we're supportive of the recommendations that are coming out of out of um, Uruk, um, mm. and um, we're optimistic that 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 will start to help shape some of the conversations around a statewide treaty. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that. So I find that really interesting, though, that you know, <coughs> the, the voice, um, truth telling, and treaty that they're they're working together. Those three. Uh, processes. Yeah, look, the way way I see it, and everyone's got their own interpretation, I I guess um, the First People's Assembly Victoria, as a democratically elected body, is a voice, right? It's a a strategic political voice, um, um, and that's been activated um, through the the organisation. We've got two really... Um, great spokespersons at the moment in Nagara Murray and Ruben Berg. Um, um, so they amplify the Chamber's voice and the mm. Chamber amplifies the community voice. Mm. Um, so we don't act um, unilaterally um, mm. with, without mm. a really broad feedback from our, our constituents mm. and our traditional owner corporations. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a, obviously a lot of thought and planning and relationship building um, built, built into all of these processes. They're very obviously very thought, uh, well thought out processes and not one person thinking them out, of course, a lot of people working together. Jennifer, I worked in public administration with the government for, for many years and the, the quality of the people, um, um, the elected members and the operational staff and the uh, um, within the First People's Assembly uh, will, will, um, is exceptional um, in, in terms government call would call their bit side of business a bit of public administration but we're, we're up to that and uh, we're good at it and we've got the engine power, the intellectual power uh, the activist power to actually um, bring all, all, all the qualities required mm. For political a political reform agenda mm. through mm. treaty, mm. A, a lot of wise heads and a lot of goodwill. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, and um, you know, like anything new, um, you got thirty odd people in the room, and some of them you've never met before, and everyone's got divergent points of view. But um, and and which is great. And but we know that um, everyone in in that room when we're there uh, are there for the the one reason, and that's to get better outcomes for mob. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, I guess for my last question is um, I want to come back to the upcoming referendum um, at a national level, which is about having an Aboriginal advisory group providing advice to the Australian Parliament at the national level. So um, a voice to parliament, as it's called. So, of course, we're already doing this at the state level, as you've been outlining and describing so well, Troy MacDonald. Is there anything you think we could learn from the First People's Assembly of Victoria to help with having an Aboriginal voice to parliament at the national level? Uh, The key learning, uh, I think, is... Um, what we've demonstrated is a, uh, the First People's Assembly of Victoria is a grassroots um, movement mm-hmm. um, in terms of its representation. Um, you know, and, and it's iterative, and we're going to get better at doing it uh, over the, over the journey. But I think that's one learning that whatever what I think, if the voice, I'm hopeful that the voice gets up. But um, 
whatever that looks like from a bureaucratic sense, they can take some learnings that it's got to be grassroots mm. um, led by the people uh, around that. I don't know where the First People's Assembly Victoria would be postured um, within a in a voice, um, or and we'd have to certainly consult whether it even is us. Um, um, and but the assumption I make is um, we could certainly inform the structure. Mm, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything that you wanted to add? Um, uh, yeah, I think it's really important. If, whilst we're on the topic of the voice. Um, and, you know, just for those listeners out there that are sort of still sitting on the fence mm-hmm. with, with, with the voice, um, this, this is nothing, nothing really new. It's actually just going to be promulgated through uh, in the Constitution, which is a, pretty much a book of ideas. And what, what we've had at the federal level for many, many years in 73, we had National Aboriginal Consultative Committee, Right, we've had the uh, in uh, 1977 the National Aboriginal Conference, which is the Fraser government initiative. We under the Hawke government we had um, ATSIC. Under the Howard government, the National Indigenous Council in 2009 to 19, the National Congress of Australia's First Peoples, the, the Rudd government, and obviously, which was a bit of a fizzer, I think, uh, the Prime Minister's Indigenous Advisory Council from the Abbott government, mm. and um, and now we've got a coalition of peaks. So these are all, in some way, a voice, but mm. they've been uh, the governments can dismantle these things mm. at, at their will, and yeah. and they have and. They um, provide a, a sort of a, a mixed level of interest in in how those forums operate. So I think having it enshrined in the constitution, it'll limit, um, you know, I guess, governments um, to dismantle things in a willy-nilly fashion, and then put put well-being issues on the back burner for Aboriginal people across Australia. Um, mm. So it gives some certainty. It gives some some clarity uh, mm. for the future, I think, a voice. Um, yeah, and some hope that all the goodwill and the work by so many people working together won't just be cast aside with the cha- uh, change in the political winds. Yeah, I think I think from my, you know having worked in worked in government at the state level, I think um, there's always those continuity challenges whenever a new government comes in or new policies come in. You, you know, halfway through through an initiative and maybe get shelved uh, or, or not proceeding. So yeah. so I think the voice will give a little bit more certainty uh, to the Aboriginal, the broader Aboriginal health agenda and health and wellbeing agenda. Yeah. So thanks so much for expressing that so well, uh, Troy. Um, I really appreciate you coming onto the program today and talking about this, as I'm sure our listeners will as well. And also thanks for all the work you're, you're doing with other leaders and Aboriginal people in in and for Aboriginal communities over many years now of mm. you know hard grind work, uh, and um, it's really great to have a director of the First People's Assembly of Victoria coming in to talk today, and I'm sure it's been really helpful in explaining a few things. To yeah, <laughs> the funny thing about it, Jen, I think that there's a large cohort of Collingwood supporters in the First People's Assembly, Victoria, and they <laughs> might, might be all out in the parade today. Oh, so there you go. Well, we are going to podcast. Don't worry about that. <laughs>
So I do have to wrap up a, a now, but thanks again. Um, I did want to tell listeners there'll be a concert to encourage people to vote yes in the upcoming referendum, the referendum for an Aboriginal voice to Parliament at a national level. The concert will be on Friday, 6th of October at the Shepparton Showgrounds from 3pm to 10pm. It'll be a great concert. So whether you're voting yes, no or indifferent, it will be a great concert. So just go if you can. It'll have Baker Boy, Briggs, Paul Kelly... AB Original, Barker, Emma Donovan, Hilltop Hoods, Jimmy Barnes, Moju and more with comedian Sam Peng hosting the event. Tickets are only twenty one fifty, so it is a bargain. Um, yeah, for more information, go to yes, the Yes23 website. Um, and if you're not connected to the internet, go to your librarian and ask them to hook you up. Um, and I should also mention Borderlands is having another monthly conversation about alternative ways of doing things. Uh, things this time it's about social enterprises and the circular economy with Sally Quinn that will be on Thursday the 5th of October 7:30 p.m. to 9 p.m. at Borderlands Cooperative 30A Pickett Street Footscray thanks to our listeners for tuning in to think again uh, live today on 3CR if you want to contact us um, you can email borders at borderlands.org.au uh, our programs are available by podcast and on the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au. Meanwhile, please enjoy Milku Mana by King Stingray. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.